Automata members, what's going on? We're still buzzing from this year's record-setting Spring Management Conference in Indianapolis. If you missed our full recap of this year's SMC, click the link in the description below to see our April 15th episode of Gauda TV or to read the SMC Recap Connection. The Recap Connection also features full photo galleries from the show. It was so great seeing everybody and networking at this year's show, but the networking doesn't stop at SMC. We're now fully in the swing of this year's Gauda Regional Meetings. This year, Gauda will host five regional meetings. The first regional meeting of 2022 was our Southwest meeting, which took place from April 18th to the 19th in League City, Texas. Thank you to regional co-chairs Ashley Madre and Gary Degenhart for hosting this year's great event and fitting kickoff to this year's regional meeting slate. There's still time to register for this year's second regional meeting, which is the Northeast Regional, that will take place in Galloway, New Jersey from May 10th to the 12th, 2022. That regional will be held at the beautiful Seaview Hotel and Country Club and will feature networking events like go-kart racing, golf, and sporting plays before business presentations on important topics like what you need to know post-COVID, emerging FDA issues, enforcement, trends, inspections, the CARES Act, and managing risk, and the challenges in the changing environment in distribution sales. Thank you to regional co-chairs Michael Truba and Tom Biederman. For more information about the Northeast Regional, or to register, click the link in the description below. Later this summer, Gauda will host regionals in Seven Springs, Pennsylvania from June 21st to the 23rd, Stevenson, Washington from July 27th to the 29th, and Oregon, Ohio from August 8th to the 9th. We hope to see you at one of this year's regional meetings. We start off today's show with what has become a staple on the show following a Gauda National Conference. We had the opportunity to ask several GAUTA members some get-to-know-you questions right on the floor of the Contact Booth program. These were their responses. From a supply chain standpoint, certainly every manufacturer has had to adapt from what once was a just-in-time uh, you know, procurement practices to now being much more proactive, certainly prioritizing supply over cost. And in some cases, even extending financial support to critical suppliers that maybe have needed that. We've had to hold more materials. We've had to go deeper into that supply chain to give us the flexibility we need to be able to, to produce. Likewise, I would say today, it's all about managing customer expectations. People know that lead times are long. Um, they, they pull in, they pull back out as the supply chain you know, goes through their challenges. So we're working hard every day to be able to communicate where are lead times so we collectively, between us and our GAUTA partners, can help manage customer expectations every day? Predominantly, uh, over the last uh, several months, we uh, have upgraded, you know, the lead times and stuff to accommodate what we needed to make it come in on time. And we had a very small shortage, and after that, we have accomplished to supply what we need. Uh, no supply chain issues currently. We sort of saw it coming. Uh, we bought long on a lot of products and, and uh, a lot of components, so we're able to bridge that gap. We're also, we like to take advantage of the marketplace and other people can provide products where we've got them already made and ready to go. Well, we're adding a lot of dollar store inventory. So, uh, and it's, uh, you know, costs us a little bit of extra money, but it's the only way we can guarantee our customers get product on time. The best thing I could tell the, the group on supply chain is it's really, really, Related to the some of the elements that are shortening up on certain material supplies, like we we have a manufacturing where we're using resins, and some resins have 
you know, some of the polymer bases are not readily available. So we got to increase some of the orders. Uh, we've had to air freight in some materials so that we can mold the products on the, on the metal side. We've done a very good job of projecting what our demand's going to be and locking up our, our mills so we're getting materials when we need to have them. We have some inventory on steel, so we're in pretty good shape there. Unfortunately, our manufacturers and all around the world, we have manufacturers on the Pacific Rim. We do South America and we do Europe. Our European suppliers are stuck. I mean, they're in the middle of a war. Uh, their metal suppliers are, are closed. Um, they have no idea when they're going to have gas for their oven. And it's created a, a different problem for us now. The Pacific Rim suppliers can't get containers. When you get a container, you can't get a ship. When you finally get a boat, you can't get it in the port. It's just unbelievable issues. Never in 25 years have I seen this kind of situation. Our saving grace is that we have a third hemisphere. We also get cylinders from South America. And that seems to be flowing. And quite frankly, they're the guys that are keeping us afloat. The biggest thing in the supply chain for us, it's been drivers. Uh, and um, I'm, I'm happy to say we've started a lot of different programs on the recruiting side, uh, making sure that the you know, compensation packages that we put together for our people are very competitive in this high inflation environment. Uh, we've expanded the recruiting process to uh, open it up to groups that at areas that we hadn't looked at before. So uh, a lot of things done to make sure that we have enough human resources to be able to meet the needs of our customers. I think my favorite memory was this morning when uh, we played the national anthem with the violin, which was beautiful, and then the Ukrainian national anthem. Uh, I would have to say the Ukrainian national anthem. I thought that was a job well done. No, I actually always enjoy the educational sessions, so that tends to be a good point for me of emphasis. I'm glad uh, the association went that way, so now hopefully they'll continue to expand them. I think the NCAA event uh, last night was a lot of fun. Good interaction, uh, great time. My favorite memory is George Raderman in the Ricky Bobby outfit at the NC2A night. Classic. Oh, yeah. Uh, I think it was about three years ago, the spring uh, conference was held in St. Louis, where we're based out of. That's my hometown. What was very nice about it, besides the fact that I didn't have to travel for the show, was the fact that we, St. Louis received so many compliments from the members of Guada who came to see us and be in our city. It just was, it filled me with pride. I would say the newcomers reception, actually. It, I was blown away with how many um, new people there are to the industry and being able to connect with each of them and connect with my sponsor and um, meet all the past presidents in all in one room. So that was my favorite part. Well, clearly when I was president, I was inducted as president in 2010. It was a pleasure and an honor to serve the industry. As I walked around in my Packers jersey at the great party last night, would absolutely be the Packers winning the Super Bowl against the Steelers in 2011. Well, I used to play tennis when I was uh, my younger years. And, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's always fun to, to, to participate in competitive uh, events and, uh, you know, fun memories of uh, those, uh, those days. Partner with people. Um, I think that 
partnering, especially in this industry, there's a lot of long-standing relationships. When you can combine your strengths with another company's strengths, uh, usually you can help something that's really novel to the market, and it really works out well for everybody. The best piece of business advice I ever received was uh, learning how to say no, uh, because a lot of times it's more important what you don't do than what you do. Uh, I think the camaraderie of the industry has been really neat to see for my first time here and that everyone is willing to help each other no matter what it is and giving tips and insider tricks. So the breakout sessions were super insightful and I think that that's really special. Just, you know, the amount of people that I've met in the friendships, I just hope that I can mentor some people and let them understand the value of garden. Well, actually just networking with uh, good friends and uh, people in the industry. It's fun to, you know, once a year to get to see people like a lot of times you don't get to see and, and catch up and, and learn what's going on. So after after COVID, uh, definitely fun. It's been a great show. Gauda has been spectacular, especially as a newcomer to the industry. Uh, I've only been in this two and a half years. I've already met, you know, 30, 40 people. Everybody's welcoming, friendly. There's advice. There's knowledge. There's expertise at all levels. Um a lot of seasoned veterans in this industry, as I see, and I'm having a lot of fun doing it. Um, I guess one of the best parts has been that networking, understanding and meeting people and, and seeing how the whole entire industry functions together through the help of everybody being so collaborative and connected. Um, don't find that in a lot of other industries. I think most people are segmented and, and very competitive, whereas here, even competitors sort of work together to, to form a common ground and, and achieve goals for the marketplace as a whole. Thank you to all of the GAUTA members who participated this year. We've got a great show lined up today, so stick around right after a word from today's presenting sponsor, WeldCoa. This year's SMC saw the return of the educational track sessions. We're joined next today by Minneapolis Oxygen Company President Kevin Falconer. Kevin gave a presentation in this year's Leadership and People Development track. Kevin, thank you so much for being with us today. Thanks for having me. Kevin, you gave a presentation entitled Getting the Right People in the Right Seats. For those who weren't able to attend, can you give members a brief overview of some of the key topics you discussed? Yeah, so my talk today was about MO2's journey. Um, since I became president about 25 months ago. And it's really our journey to try to get people in the right seats um, back then and now. So it's an ongoing story of MO2. And some of the things that we did as a team, uh, the things that I shared that we did as a team were um, a level up exercise. Uh, and that's where we, where we look at everyone in our organization and see what they're see how their productivity is and see if um, any of the, their productivity needs to be leveled up. So it was a really good enlightening exercise for us. Um, uh, talent assessments, uh, every leadership mem uh, team member uh, did a talent assessment on everyone in our organization, even if they weren't the direct boss. We wanted to get everyone's view on, on each person in our organization. Um, and then we implemented a personality tool and we used that in the hiring process in uh, reviewing our people and promoting our people. 
really trying to get people into the right job, in the right fit that fits their natural personality traits. And then we reviewed our review process. So um, in the past, we were annual reviews, and we did those usually around wage increase time, which is not a great time to be having that discussion and or get honest and open feedback from your employees. So um, we really changed our review process to do quarterly reviews. And uh, we left the wage conversation to a completely different meeting. You talked about the lessons that you learned at MO2. Applying them on a more general level, we've heard terms like labor shortage and the great resignation. How important is it to find the right talent, and then once you've found it, to ensure that it's being utilized in the right role? I think it's hugely important. Um, the cost of hiring and training and, and bringing people on is so huge um, that making the wrong decision can cost you money, time, and productivity. Um, so for us, you know, the tempting thing in a market like this is to just get a warm body, get somebody <laughs> in a seat. Um, I think, you know, for us, that can be a mistake. There's obviously roles where you just need to have somebody, but if you compromise on productivity or culture, um, it can have an adverse effect on t um, where you're trying to take your company. And so, for me, I think it's hugely important to make the right choices and make sure that you have the right fit. There might be people on your team that would fit a better role. And so, we're really trying to fill roles from within, from known quantities, and then um, go outside the organization for, for other roles. So you just touched on culture. When you do have to go outside of the organization, what are you doing to ensure that you have the right cultural fit? And how important is that to a successful employee at MO2? Well, I think the culture piece is the most important. Um, they have to fit where you want to go and what you're doing and how you're doing it. Uh, I think we can train uh, we, we can train productivity into people. We can train their jobs. but their attitude that they bring to work every day, that's something that, they, that comes from them. And that's, that's how you wake up in the morning and how you decide to go into work. Mm -hmm. um, I feel we can help that by putting them in the right seat and making them excited to go to work. Um, but at the same time, I also feel that that's just inherently ingrained in people and what's important to them. So we know what's important to us as a company. We have our core values. And so we share those uh, during interview time and hopefully they align with the, with the interviewee and the prospective uh, employee. But if they don't, we, we can find that out in other ways. So nowadays, high-performing candidates have lots of options when looking for jobs. As an industry, what can we do to be more attractive to these high-quality candidates? Uh, that's a great question because, yeah, even the sexy industries are struggling with people, and uh, our industry is not a traditionally sexy industry. So I think, for us, I think we have to talk about ourselves more. And how we talk about ourselves as an industry is important. Um, you know, for me, I don't know how, I don't know what industry I work in when I get the drop down at LinkedIn. There's no gas and welding distributor. Are we in distribution? Are we in wholesale? Are we in chemicals? Are we in gases? You know, there's, nobody knows our industry. And so we have to talk proudly about it. We have to get people to know about it. Um, and I think we can be our own cheerleaders of our own industry um, because this industry has proven that once you're in, you're in for life. <laughs> and we're a good industry and so it's really just about getting the people in and uh, I think we've done a good job over the years of you know, opening the door to more people, a more diverse workforce and I think that that's going to help. 
Kevin, for those people who did attend your presentation, what was the one key takeaway you wanted them to walk out with and bring back to their companies? Uh, you know, be open to change. Um, what is doesn't have to be. And uh, for me, it's, it's if you're open to change and, and you see where you want to go, don't be afraid to, to go there. Obviously, you need to know the roadmap. Uh, you have to have your own strong convictions of where you want to go. But be open to change. Um, be open to having hard and honest conversations with employees and coworkers. Um, yeah. Kevin, we really appreciate your time and your insight. Thank you so much for being with us today. Hobart Institute of Welding Technology offers an AWS certified welding supervisor prep for exam course. This course teaches distributors how to bring real value to their customers by assisting them to reduce weld metal volume, reduce rejects, rework, scrap, and much more. Check our website to see all courses or contact us today at 937-332-9500 for more information on enrollment requirements. Joining us next today is Chris Stout. Chris is the Operations and Purchasing Manager at Purity Cylinder Gas. Chris took part in a panel discussion during this year's SMC entitled Developing Future Leaders for Succession. Chris, we really appreciate you being with us today. Thank you for having me, Steve. Chris, you took part in a panel discussion on succession during this year's educational tracks. For anyone who wasn't able to attend, what were some of the key topics the panel tackled? Sure. We, we talked about the importance of our company culture and how we have got through four generations of the company and being successful and how important it is to perpetuate the business to the fifth generation. Succession planning is an incredibly hot button issue in the industry right now. What characteristics should companies be looking for when identifying a potential successor? And what steps should be taken to ensure that they have the right tools when that time comes? Absolutely. So it starts with our core values and our mission and our vision. We're, we start on day one with everybody that walks through the door. We are very clear with what the expectations are. We're surrounding people that have integrity, that they're customer focused, that they value relationships. It's very important to who we are. And then on top of that, we went a step further and we've developed training tracks. So once we identify the individuals, we get them on board, we bring them up through the business, then we start talking more specifically about a standard curriculum versus an advanced curriculum, and then do they get it one and have the capacity to do the job. One of the biggest complaints that employers have seen from employees has been a lack of career growth opportunities. What do you feel that companies can do to ensure that they have a strong leadership development plan in place? So it starts with being transparent and that we communicate and we collaborate with that next gen of leaders, that we create the opportunities that we're very transparent about what they are and what the timeline looks like. With so many people who are currently looking to retire, what does a strong succession plan look like? What's a good timeline and what are some of the most important aspects of it? For us, it starts five years out. We sit down annually as a corporate management team. We assess every department. We look at the department head. We look at who's on their bench and we determine are they bench ready? Are they one to three years out or are they three to five years out? And if they need work, we start developing that plan, implementing quarterly rocks, which is our to-dos. What do they need? What do they need from us to be successful? Is there anything else on this topic that you wanted to leave viewers with today? So I think that the importance of getting out to industry groups like GAUTA, it's been so important, such a big part of our business and our success and through the networking that we are able to do within it. And that you do contribute. Uh, we are definitely not professional speakers by any stretch of the imagination, and this is certainly out of our comfort zone. But it's getting back to a, a company or to an association that has been so important uh, to us. So if you're not involved in GAUTA, 
please do. It's very important work that they're doing. Steve, I also thank you for all the work that you've been doing on Ghana TV. Certainly appreciate it. Get involved. Chris, we really appreciate the time. Thank you so much for being with us today. Hart's new Orca VHP delivery system provides the capability to fill tanks operating at pressures up to 500 PSIG, eliminating the need for costly and time-consuming tank blowdowns. Coupled with our existing automated fill system, this new pump technology allows faster delivery times without interrupting ongoing facility operations. These advantages lead to greater flexibility in scheduling and more deliveries per day. Today's member news segment is brought to you by Anthony Welded Products, four generations strong since 1958. Lambton Welding Supply appointed Robert Cherry as its new executive vice president. Alliance Distribution Partners appointed Brian Blantz as a business development specialist. Brian brings 16 years of welding and industrial supply experience to the new role. Weldcoa announced that industry veteran Matthew Nolting had joined the company. During this year's Spring Management Conference, the Women of Gas and Welding Committee announced their new educational grant initiative. Through this initiative, women within GATA can win an all-expenses-paid registration to the University of Innovative Distribution. GATA President Bob Ewing recognized Jason Krieger and his team at American Welding and Gas for seeding the initiative with $10,000 donations for the first three years. That $30,000 in seed funding over three years will be matched by GATA, bringing the program to $60,000 in initial funding over the next three years. For more information about the grant, including how you can get involved, click the link in the description below. Chart Industries was recognized as a winner in the 2022 Manufacturing Leadership Awards for its outstanding achievements covering three separate projects. Chart's Tulsa Flex and Teddy Trailer projects both won awards in the Operational Excellence category, while Chart's China ISO Capability Expansion project won an award in the Engineering and Production Technology category. Weiler Abrasives announced that Carl M. Weiler had received the John J. Buckley Lifetime Achievement Award from the Industrial Supply Association. Congratulations, Carl. American Torch Tip Corporation welcomed Frank LeBerry to its team as a key accounts manager for Canadian operations. Oxygen Service Company announced that it was recognized as the number one distributor in the nation for Exacore filler metals. Technoweld USA announced the launch of its new website, TWUSA.com. Finally, GATA announced that registration is now open for this year's Seven Springs Regional Meeting from June 21st to the 23rd. To learn more about the Seven Springs Regional or to register, click the link in the description below. To read more about any of these member news items or to submit member news of your own, read the full May 1st GATA Connection in your email inbox today or by clicking the link in the description below. GATA Media is the go-to resource for news and information about the gases and welding industry. Through our wide variety of publication platforms, GATA Media keeps our members up to date on all of the most breaking news, emerging trends, and member events in the industry. Want to get your company's message seen? We have a quarterly print publication, a twice-monthly newsletter, an online buyer's guide, and a twice-monthly news show. If it's happening at Gas and Welding, it's happening on GATA Media. Want to learn more? Contact your GATA Media representative today. Thank you so much to everyone who tuned into this week's episode. This was just a taste of some of the great content and discussions that we saw at this year's SMC. Make sure to register for an upcoming regional meeting to see great content like this in person this summer. Until next time, for all of us here at GATA TV, this is Steve Guillermo signing off.